Hey, everybody, you're kicking it with the Homeboys and the Homeboys podcast, where we talk everything in the world of real estate investing. Whether you're just getting started or a seasoned vet, we're going to give you our over 40 years of combined real estate experience to help you on your investing journey. Today, we've got an amazing guest joining us. His name is Brett Snodgrass. He happens to be a friend of mine, a fellow real estate investor, and now he's an author. The Secret War Within is just out, and it's an amazing book. Brett's story is amazing as well. This is something you definitely don't want to miss. Buckle in. Here we go. Hey, everybody, and thank you for joining the Homeboys podcast. Today, we have a very exciting guest. I'm honored to bring Mr. Brett Snodgrass to the podcast. He is my personal friend, and he is a fellow real estate investor who's had a very successful career. He's also very kingdom-minded, I want to get into that a little bit because he's been a very good influence on me and his walk with the Lord. But we're also here to talk about a very exciting time because he has a new book out called The Secret War Within. And Brett is a really sharp, sharp guy, and I want everyone to pay very close attention to this. I know you're going to get a lot out of this. I know I'm going to get a lot out of this. But without further ado, Brett, how are you, my friend? I'm doing fantastic, Clint. Thanks for having me on the show, man. I'm excited to be a homeboy. Can I be, I want to, I want to just, you know, roll with you. In I the think homeboys. anybody that knows Brett Snodgrass <laughs> knows he is a homeboy. And, uh, I look like a homeboy right now. You know, I was like, should I put on, uh, my, you know, t-shirt with a bow tie or should I just, you know, wear my hoodie? And I was like, Hey, this is what homeboys wear. Your so hoodie. We'll put some, um, nineties rap music over the top of this and you know we're nice. just we're going to be chilling you know? all right but man i'm really excited to have you on here and you know we uh we got to know each other through a ministry that we're both involved in called uh, the great banquet and you know ever since um you know i got to know you i've just i've really had such um you know inspiration that i've got uh from you and how you run your business and how um, you make it not just about business, but you make it kingdom minded and, you know, and you're such a great family man and you're such a good influence on other people. So first of all, before we get started, I just want to thank you uh, for the, uh, for the inspiration you've been to me and so many other people, because when, uh, you know, we're both uh, from the, the same market here in Indianapolis and anytime anyone brings up uh, your name, it's always in such a positive light. So yeah. I appreciate all that you've done. No, I appreciate it, Clint. Yeah, you too. Likewise. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how God brought our past together to serve uh, at a Great Banquet, which is an awesome um, organization uh, that if you guys haven't heard of the Great Banquet, maybe you got a Great Banquet in your own community at, at a church. Uh, it's just a great retreat-like setting for men or they have women's ones as well. And uh, that's where you guys know each other, let alone didn't even know we were in the same business, I think, for first few days. So I know. It's cool, it crazy? man. It's, well, it's amazing to see how, uh, how God can work in those ways but uh but anyhow so for for our listeners tell us just a little bit um about yourself your story and like you know real estate how you got into the business and just uh kind of give us a, a a breakdown i know the story um and i know it's you've got a a very interesting uh you know background and business background but i want our listeners to hear it so can we just just dive in tell us a little bit about yeah it? 
Yeah, I'll try to keep it short. I mean, I know sometimes I, I run my own podcast too. And sometimes when you ask that question, you know, the next time you talk is 17 minutes into the show and I'm, try, I'm not going to try to do that. <laughs> well, this we, time. we have that in common, my friend. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Brett Snodgrass here. Uh, super thankful man of God, family man, got four kids married to my lovely wife, Karen, um, got in the real estate. Uh, it's been, yeah, 16, 17 years ago. Now I bought my first house in 2007. I did not come from a real estate background. Uh, my parents were both teachers. My dad was a high school teacher and a high school basketball coach. Mom was a preschool teacher. So we were very middle class growing up. Um, but I was always just entrepreneurial minded. I loved uh, buying and selling things. I bought and sold candy at school. Uh, I bought and sold cars when I was in my early 20s. Um, just whatever I could do to help make, make some money. Uh, I was just really, really interested. I used to buy and sell stuff on eBay. Um, and then I got a hold of some books, just like most of your audience probably has rich dad, poor dad, the millionaire next door. And I just started consuming some of these real estate books and realized, man, it seems like most people that have built wealth, a lot of their wealth has come from real estate, uh, whether it's cash flow, appreciation, save on taxes, uh, you know, long-term generational wealth came from real estate. So I said, Hey, I'm, I need to get into that. Let's see what we can do. Um, my dad introduced me to a real estate investor. Uh, and then I used to ride around in the car with him and he would kind of pour into me, mentor me a little bit. Uh, he did not buy houses though. He bought land. Uh, so I was, I was a bird dog for him and I worked for him. Um, but, uh, but I always, always recommend that, that if you don't know anything about it, maybe go work for an organization, learn the ropes. Um, and I worked for him for two or three years. Um, and I would find him big pieces of land. He would buy them. He paid me commissions. And that's kind of how I got started. And then in 2007, uh, you know, the market's tanking and I don't know if I was blessed, if I'm lucky, you know, whatever you want to call it. But I've bought a first house at the end of 2007. Uh, we sold it. And we made six grand on that house, uh, which, you know, in my day, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm a teacher at that time. I'm subbing and I'm making 10,000 to 15,000 a year. So six, six grand on a deal was a lot of money to me. Um, and then that's pretty much history. 2008 came, everyone else was running for the hills and we bought 150 homes that particular year. Uh, and then I, you know, started making money and and then now here we are, what is it, uh, 16, 17 years later. So I think it's amazing that, uh, <laughs> you know, to, to hear, to hear that, that, that scale. And first of all, you know, we get, um, you know, a lot of pushback on some of the stuff that, that, that we do on our podcast and social media, like where they're like, oh, well, you've, you've, uh, you know, been born with a silver spoon in your mouth and, yeah. you know, oh, you, you know, this, the rich person, this and rich person that and shame on you. And well, you know, I wasn't uh, born that way at all. And, you know, I think your story will speak to a lot of people that, hey, you know, you came, uh, you know, your dad was a teacher and a uh, basketball coach and, you know, you, you got your teaching, you know, license and that's how you got your start and that, hey, you, you decided that you wanted something a little different and real estate was a great path for you to, to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amen. I mean, uh, one of the quotes I have said over and over again on different podcasts was uh, my dad. He said he never remember having more than $5,000 in his bank account. He was a teacher for 30 plus years, always lived paycheck to paycheck. 
Uh, and that didn't entice me, I guess. Right. Uh, you know, I wanted to not saying money is everything, but I wanted to be able to do certain things and live an abundant life, uh, not have to be, you know, totally restricted and doesn't have to mean that I'm going to go out and buy a brand new Lamborghini or anything, but it might mean that hey, if maybe if I have some more resources, I can go out, maybe impact more people. Um, so, uh, so that's just what I remembered, uh, with that. And that's what got me interested into entrepreneurship and business. Um, super thankful for, for how my parents raised me and, uh, and yeah, so I'm very blessed, uh, to maybe not, not come from that background. I've had to learn a lot from just experience, hard knocks of life, just trying to figure it out, put one foot in front of the other failing, um, many sleepless nights, I'm sure along the way, worry, uh, anxiety, I'm sure along the way a lot. Um, and, uh, sometimes that doesn't go away. We just had that conversation before this. We're in a season now that, uh, yeah, things are constantly changing. The market is constantly shifting. You're constantly having to reinvent yourself, do something different. That's what I love about it though. Cause there's always something new around the corner. Well, and, and <laughs> I mean, 150 houses, you know, um, just shortly after you got started, I think a lot of people have a hard time, you know, quantifying that even me because like i mean i i, I started uh you know really slow growth you know in, in in my career and you know to hear you say 150 houses i mean it's even like wow like i wouldn't even you know i think uh you know my first now let me tell you two years now, let me was tell like you 20 it was like 20 houses maybe you yeah. know <laughs> Well, let me tell you real quick too, uh, that, uh, this is just a totally different time. I mean, this is not buying 150 houses right after you got started in 2023. This right. is also 2007, 2008. So literally, I mean, if you remember those times, you could buy a house literally in Indianapolis for $5,000. And that was very, very normal for us. So it's not like we're buying a $150,000 house, 150 times we're buying a $5,000 house, 150 times. So very different times. Um, so I just want to put that out there. That is a little bit different. Uh, I probably wouldn't recommend, I don't know, you know, to do that today would Correct. be more, dif more difficult. Well, and I, there's going to be a lot of people that hear this and uh, that say, yeah, right. $5,000 mm -hmm. houses. And I'm here to tell you, Brett is being very truthful. Um, you know, there's in fact, I mean, there were, there were areas in Metro Indianapolis that, I mean, you could basically get houses for free that, Actually, a lot of lot. Sometimes they didn't even make sense. You know, a, a, a suburb of Indianapolis to the north, where everybody was scared to death, and now it's kind of coming yeah. back a little bit. Of talking about Anderson, of all you know, of all places, where I mean, you could buy houses up there for a thousand. Um, I know. You know it was crazy. So I mean, a lot of people have a hard time, you know, really quantifying five thousand dollar houses. But yeah, it was it's a wild time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so that was uh, you know, and we weren't making like cra crazy, crazy crazy money. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, I look at our margins even today. I'm like, wow, we're making, you know, pretty good money. But back then, I mean, buying a house for five and selling it for eight was, that was just very normal, you know, business model for us. So <laughs> right. Well, I laugh. <laughs> kind of crazy even to think about it. <laughs> I laugh because like, you know, I, 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 I talk about the good old days on, on this uh, podcast a lot. And, you know, if I could, if I could, uh, you know, go backwards in time and not to say that I wasn't doing a, a you know, quite a few deals, but like, I had no idea what glorious times they were to be a real estate investor, you know, would have, would have, could have, should have, like, you know, should have really ramped it up even, you know, even more back in those days. But, uh, and I think we all do that. I was talking to someone the other day about, man, like, I wish I would have kept more five years ago or six years ago. And like, I mean, we all say that, like, it's just, it, right. we all 
to think that way, especially now that we can see what the market did and how much the prices have raised and appreciation. But, uh, but it was fun times too. I mean, um, but now we gotta, you know, it, it's always changing, right. And it's always pivoting. And that's, what's the cool thing about it. Like I had to step back in the business full time the last six months and I stepped into a different world than I was at, uh, you know, four or five years ago. I'm like, what are we even doing? Like, how are we getting deals? Like, this is totally different than, uh, and what we used to do. So uh, it's kind of fun though. At the same time, there's always new strategies. We're, we're learning some, I'm learning some cool stuff right now that I could share even uh, if, if you guys want, but some cool strategies that I've actually never done in the 17, 18 years been doing this business. And it's, I don't know, I think it's pretty cool, but you talk about generational, long-term, very residual income. We're putting in some place um, that doesn't involve rentals, doesn't involve apartment buildings, doesn't involve any of that stuff that, that's normal. Uh, that w- that's pretty cool. So, well, I mean, I, I, I say it a lot, evolve or die. And mm-hmm. if you get into real estate saying that I'm only going to do this at these numbers and this is, you know, how I'm going to, you know, forge my path. I think you're in for a rocky road because, mm-hmm. you know, real estate, like, uh, most things within the economy is very cyclical and you have to adjust and you have to, uh, you know, evolve or you're going to get, you know, you're going to get left behind. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but anyway, we said how how, how yeah. long you have we been talking about we're on a bubble. I mean, we've been talking about that for three four years now. I'm if sure not five, COVID hit. Yeah, I know for a long time. <laughs> we're like, oh, we're on a bubble. <laughs> wait, wait, and it just keeps keeps going. And we're and we're still saying that. Like, dude, this can't keep going the way it is. So, anyways, it's funny. Oh, it is. But uh, I really want to get into this book because I'm intrigued. Like, I, you know, I, I heard that you were coming out with a book, and it's something that just really, you know, it. I don't know. I, I wasn't a very good student. So like the, the, <laughs> the ability for, for me to write a book is, I don't know that it exists. You know, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy that I just figured out the uh, choke feature of my uh, chainsaw the other day. That was a pretty big score for me. And nonetheless, sitting down and, and, and writing a, uh, writing a book. Um, and I know where your heart is and that's why I want to really, really, you know, focus in on it. So it's the secret war within I bought it. Um, I know it just came out. I'm in the middle of reading it and man, I'm really stoked to get into this book. And I, I just tell us a little bit about the journey of writing this book and then tell us a little bit about the book and you know, what everybody can expect. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I've always been kind of a creative mind. love doing things like podcasting or videos, just like you guys do here. Uh, I have never been a very good writer either. I mean, I'm probably a C minus English student, honestly, like the, you know, I say that tongue in cheek, but I never enjoyed writing. Like English class was never the top thing that I loved going to. It was always math. I like, I love numbers. I love business. I love making money. And that was always what I, what I geared towards. So I never thought I could write a book either. I remember sitting down, a guy introduced me to a writing coach. Uh, and I was like, you know, if I'm going to write a book, I probably should have some help because I have no idea what I'm doing. So I sat down with a writing coach and I remember even, uh, we had everything set up and I was getting ready to, to start this. And I think like the week before I said, I can't do this. There's just no way I could write a book. There's, there's just no way I could sit down and write a 180, 200 page book. I can't even write a five page paper. Like it just seems way too much. Um, and I said, uh, I need to have someone else write it. I need to hire a ghost writer. As, you know, most businessmen, if you really, really dial it down, 
that's what they do. They hire a ghostwriter to write their book. They tell their story. And she said, um, you can do that. That would be fine, but they're not going to have your voice. They're going to lose uh, your experience, your story in it. And I wouldn't do it because uh, you're going to get it and it's not going to be what you want. So she talked to me and I said, all right, well, let's, let's give it a shot. So I started writing this book about 18, 19 months ago. The first five, six months, it was just discipline, sitting down every single morning and writing 500 crappy words. I mean, that's what I, I read. <laughs> just like, you know, just sit down and just start writing crappy content and words, but just getting it out on paper, whatever you're, you're thinking and feeling. Um, so that's what I did. It's so about five or six months later, we had it, uh, the rough draft. She helped me through it. She helped push me through. There's many times that I was like, I can't go on. I don't know what to say. Um, but again, just like any coach or uh, accountability partner, they push you through and, and we got it out and she always called it, you know, just get the sand in the sandbox. Don't worry about building, building the castle. Don't worry about what it looks like. Just get, get it out on paper and we'll figure it out later and we'll build the castle later. And that's what we did. That's what I recommend. If you're going down this process, just get it out. And then that's where all the publishing and the editing and all that comes in. You start building, building the castle and making it look, uh, looking pretty and you get a nice cover and you get some cool stuff on the back and you get someone to write a forward, which is, you know, Richard E. Simmons is a hero of mine. He's an author. He wrote a book called the true measure of a man. He wrote a forward for me. Um, and yeah, it's it looks been amazing. Uh, the cover looks incredible. Like you did oh, a really you. good job with that. I think it looks amazing. Appreciate it. And uh, one other thing was, that was your sketch? did you draw down and sketch and sketch that out? <laughs> I'm not an artist either. No, no. <laughs> but I came up with the ideas and I was like, you know, there's a part of the book that, uh, you know, obviously you look at it, it, it looks a little bit of a darker, um, darker book. Even the title is called the secret war within, right? It, it, and it's really goes into kind of the secret battles and the secret thought life and the secrets of a man's heart. Um, especially a successful driven man's heart. So this book uh, is about Nolan Banks. He's a very, very successful real estate investor. I don't know if this sounds familiar to you, Clint. Very successful. He has the luxury office, the house on the water, the beautiful family, everything that the world offers him, he has at his fingertips. Yet at the beginning of the book, he feels emptiness. He feels a void within himself and he can't quite put his finger on it. And, but the cool thing about this book is, which is unlike, you know, sometimes in real life that we can see what he's actually dealing with. We can see his thought life. We can see the inner struggle and the battles that he's actually thinking to himself. Um, and we see some of the addictions that, that, that no one else knows that he's dealing with. Um, and we see the struggle in that. And that's really where the book comes to life. This is a Christian fiction allegory type of book. Uh, and, um, and I wanted it to be a book that maybe it's not the normal Christian book that you would find at the Barnes and Nobles. It's a very gritty, raw, a uh, masculine book uh, that's truthful and it's radically honest. And, uh, and it's probably, if you put a rating as a movie, it probably would be PG 13, if not R I'm sure in some mm -hmm. parts. Uh, but that's just the way I just wanted to have an honest book that talks into the, into the man's heart. So, so when you're talking, you know, Nolan Banks, and I don't want to give away too much because I want everyone to buy the book and, and, and read it, but you have this successful real estate investor. And I guess, his 
all the success didn't bring the happiness. It, it still produced this emptiness that he was still looking, you know, for something else. And, you know, I, I say this because it, it, it really, um, it really speaks to me because, you know, the, the way of the world, um, you know, is, you know, flash and success, um, whether it be, you know, a house on the water or a fancy car or elaborate vacations, you know, that's what people think, you know, that they've, they've made it, you know, whenever they've been able, been able to achieve that. But, um, you know, the main character of, of the book, he still, he had all these things, but still had this emptiness, you know, inside of him, you know, and that's mm-hmm. something, you know, everyone thinks that, uh, that money, you know, always brings fulfillment and happiness, but it sounds like the book is really getting into up to a higher purpose. Mm. Yeah. Hey man. I mean, it's a very, uh, it's a, it's a kingdom book and uh, yeah, not to, not to do the spoiler word, but uh, he gets, he gets an invitation um, from a friend of his and his friend, uh, you know, uh, invites him onto this adventure. And really this book is that adventure. It's that adventure to find meaning in his life, to find purpose in his life, to find, uh, you know, what's the point uh, of all of this and why am I struggling? And that's where he meets in, in an allegory form, these amazing characters that uh, we, we put together, but biblical characters of, of God and Christ and the Holy spirit. And, uh, um, and he, uh, and he goes on that adventure to basically, uh, in a kingdom Christian way to find true meaning of life. Right. And, and that this book is basically just lays out the adventure that he goes on. So, well, I think it's, I think it's really, really neat. And I, I, I say that because, you know, I think that priorities are something that, uh, that everybody struggles with. And, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'd like to think I'm a devout Christian. Um, I'm always on a walk that uh, needs to needs to improve, but I think everyone struggles, um, you know, with priorities. And I know even in in my life, um, you know, I can get caught up in business or get caught up in in different things, and you know, lose you know the the value of what uh, you know a purpose driven you know life you know is mm. is about and. You know, I can speak, you know, there's been, there's been many moments in, 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 in my life where, you know, outside looking in, it seemed like everything was great, but then, you know, there was this secret war within me <laughs> that, you know, there was a, there was a struggle that people didn't really know, you know, what was going on. And, you know, to me, yeah. I, you know, how much is it about, in your opinion, about priorities and, or how much is it about, um, you know, the world, you know, thinking that, uh, the wrong things bring you joy and happiness. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely a mixture of both. I mean, uh, I think that we, we, as men, uh, again, this book, women are enjoying this book too. So this isn't all about for men, but, uh, this is, you know, we have a ministry iron deep. We speak into men's lives, men's hearts. So this resonates, I think with, with men. Uh, but this is also a book. If, if you're a woman and maybe you want to read it, uh, you know, um, with with your husband or spouse um but i think uh a lot of it is yeah just a mixture of of both i think uh you know i want i have a desire to um to pursue godly things Uh, i have a desire to lead my family well um i have a, a desire to bring about the kingdom 
um, in, in people's lives and to help uh, speak the gospel and speak the truth into people's lives. I have that desire in my heart, um, but then I have another desire in my heart. <laughs> uh, I think the Bible talks about that the human heart is is wicked like we're born as as sinful creatures and this and the human heart is extremely selfish is extremely prideful um c.s lewis talks about pride as the great sin that all sin root from pride um you know so especially in men's lives uh, we want to be the best uh, when other people are successful a lot of times we feel bad about ourselves because we compare them to, to them and we don't want them to succeed because that makes us feel bad because we're not as successful as them or maybe we don't look as good as them maybe they have more money than us so there's that comparison trap um and and we want to be known like you know we want this this history and this legacy and we want our name to be remembered and we want people to think that we're great and we do most of our decisions based on other people's approval like if you think about it like most of the things that we do are based to to look good for some other people so they can say that we're good and we got all these things going on inside and really that's what this book goes about and this doesn't even talk about like sexual immorality or i didn't talk about that the book definitely goes into mm -hmm. that but like think about one of the secret sins of men that they never talk about is this this battle there's the book called every man's battle that goes into this sexual um you know addiction and things like that and that's one of the deep secrets that i've seen more men destroy or more organizations or pastors or business leaders or people that have affairs and they go outside their marriage, things like that. More people have gotten destroyed from that than honestly than anything else. Um, so the book talks all about that and it goes into Nolan. He's facing all these different things. Um, so I think it's a mixture. He was, he, you know, he had a desire to lead, but he just got lost along the way somewhere the world was telling him messages other people were telling him messages and he achieved certain things um but sometimes if you you know you talk about the narrow path like christ he asks us to say hey you need to go on the narrow road and even if you just get off by a little bit like uh one percent eventually if you even get off by one percent you're completely on the other side and you wake up one day and you're like what how did i get off so much and, and you just get, you just keep going off that little bit of the little bit of path and you end up totally lost, totally numbed out. Don't know why you having all these feelings. And that's what this book is. It goes into those uh, feelings and how do you find your way back is basically what this is. So it's, it's interesting for me to, to hear you, you speak of this because I know you and I know your story and I know who you are. Um, you know, I think it's going to be great you know, for everyone, um, you know, to hear this and, you know, hear like how you want to be a great husband and you want to be a great dad and you want to pour in, uh, to other people. And, you know, that's what this book is about. And you, you mentioned, um, some of your, uh, you know, retreats that you, that you put on as well. And I really want to kind of talk about that a little bit too. Um, you know, tell us about, uh, about this retreat that you're, that you're putting on and, you know, how you're, you're pouring into, pouring into other men mm. no thanks yeah thanks for uh thanks for mentioning that so we started an organization called iron deep uh basically comes from iron sharpens iron that's obviously a very overused biblical uh phrase but iron sharpens iron i think it's very uh we need that we need other men other brothers in our life to sharpen each other 
Um, and then the deep really comes from, you know, that longing that, you know, that deep relationship with God, with the father and that deep relationship with other guys, you know, you start looking around uh, and people, men don't have friends. They don't have any friendships. Um, uh, mostly maybe they have one, um, but they just don't have deep connections. Women, on the other hand, you know, they can get together, they can talk about whatever. And, uh, maybe they have, um, just more of a knack of building some, some deep relationships, but guys don't. So we developed this organization called Iron Deep. Uh, and basically, um, it's, uh, it's a new organization. We just started having our first events last year. And, uh, we start off with three day intensive, uh, we call them men's awakenings. So we typically do them off the beaten path. Our very first one was in the Rocky Mountains. We rented out a large log cabin. We had 30 guys. These are all business guys too, by the way, business leaders, business owners. Um, so, and a lot of times, especially these guys, they can never open up because they always have to have their game face on. They always have to lead. So this is just an environment that they can come be around other like-minded Christian guys, um, to get filled up, to encounter Christ and, uh, you know, in, in a way, um, and just to have that time to be undistracted. So we don't use, use phones. It's a very undistracted environment. It's in a home-like environment, um, very comfortable. We don't have our, you know, masks on. We typically don't even wear shoes. It's just a very comfortable environment, um, where we dig in and it is a program, uh, designed to, uh, really, um, just speak into men's hearts. Uh, there's obviously you're going to get really close to some other like-minded men. There's some lifelong friendships that come out of these retreats. Uh, there's some alone time. When's the last time you got to be with the Lord in the mountains in a very undistracted environment? Um, probably never. And, uh, and we do a lot of worship, uh, and then we talk, um, you know, it's just a very radically honest environment. Um, and that's where we start. Uh, where's Iron Deep going to go from here? Uh, you know, we start there, but then our, our goal is really just to build a community uh, of these guys. Why we start with that is because most of the time when you join a round table or a mastermind or an organization, and I've done this, you walk out, you never really know anybody. You don't have really any friends. Um, you go there for your own benefit. Maybe you learn some cool things, which is cool. But, um, I wanted to have at least at the start, an intensive time to build that depth because it takes a long time to build depth with people. I mean, I can sit down with you for 12 times for coffee and you still don't even know who I am. Um, right. So this is designed to build depth. Uh, but our goal was really to build that community of these guys uh, from there to walk together. Where could I find out more information on, on these retreats? Yeah. So we have a website called irondeep.com. Um, so check it out. That's the best place to go. You can email me at brett, B-R-E-T-T -T, at irondeep.com. Um, so again, we're just getting started with this. Uh, we don't have like a, you know, this isn't like we have an event every month or every week. Uh, we're starting to, to build it. Uh, we've had two events so far. One was in the Rocky Mountains. One was in the mountains of Georgia. Again, we typically have them in, in undistracted environments. We're starting to do more local events, one day events, uh, you know, more around Indianapolis because that's where I'm from and, and getting the guys together more. But the best place is, yeah, irondeep.com. Well, I, I I hate it that I've not been able to go to to, to one of the retreats. I you know you and I uh, you know our 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 Facebook you know buddies and uh, <laughs> you know, we're buddies in general. But you know I, I I'm able to follow uh, everything that you're doing through social media and the events look amazing. Like the backdrop that you had there um, in the Rockies. I mean you know we 
we don't get that in Indianapolis. Let's just say <laughs> yeah. that. But uh, it looks looked absolutely amazing, and you know, I'm I'm definitely going to be at one um, in the near future, and they they look incredible. But uh, but again, I also want to you know plug the book again. So the secret war within. I'm stoked about it. I own the book. I want other people to own the book. I want other people to get to know you as well through the book. Where can people uh, pick up a copy of The Secret War Within? Yeah, so it is uh, on our website, irondeep.com, get the book, but it's actually linked to Amazon. Uh, so this is a self-published book. Uh, really, it's one of Iron Deep, our organization first published book. We hope to publish more books. Maybe they're not my books, but if if someone else wants to write a story or a, a book uh, with men, uh, maybe Iron Deep is going to be, uh, you know, publish more books. But uh, go to Amazon, Secret War Within, Brett Snodgrass. Uh, you know, the best way to to really help us get the word out is to buy a copy of the ebook, which right now is uh, it's a promotional price. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when that ends, but it's only a dollar. The ebook Kindle version on Amazon. Buy the physical copy of the book. You can buy the paperback or the hardback on. Amazon. Amazon too. Um, and then people have asked about the audio version an audible version. There will be an audible version uh, that won't be out for a couple of months. It takes some time to, to get that into place. Um, but that's going to be a really cool, cool version as well. If you're listening to more audible uh, versions, so Amazon's best place. You can also get it to your other, like all the, the major online bookstores, Barnes and Noble, things like that. You can get it there, but um, I'd say go to Amazon. And the best way to help us out again, buy the book, Kindle physical copy, and then leave us a review. Obviously, a lot of people say that, but it is the best way for Amazon to uh, to notice you, uh, to notice the book. Um, I've gotten a lot of feedback on this. I mean, texts and guys are, you know, oh, hey, I'm on chapter three, I'm on chapter five. Dude, this is so resonating with me. Um, so hopefully you guys enjoy it. Please tell me you're going to be the narrator of the, uh, the audible <laughs> version. Are you going to narrate it? You know, I've, I've, I've gone back and forth on that. And, uh, I, uh, I talked to kind of my coach and publisher and, 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 uh, uh, people that help help me publish it. And I said, you know, should I narrate it? Should I not? And at the end of the day, I, uh, I had some people, um, uh, put in uh, for their voices and they read parts of the book and I did shows I did choose someone that I think is going to be a lot better narrator than me oh, come um, on. if this if this was a non-fictional <laughs> book I'd say hey maybe I could probably do that now this is a fictional book and there are certain characters in the book and I was like man I don't know if I could uh if I could do that justice and do it well so i have chosen someone else i, to, to I can it. see that point i'm, I'm a little <laughs> biased i was kind of hoping that i'd get to hear your voice you know on it but i i can i can kind of see with it with it being the type of book that it is you know you know maybe you know you have someone with that experience but uh, don't cut yourself short man you're a very charming right. guy and i think a lot of people would love to hear your voice but well in in kind of bringing this uh, to the close uh wanted to close with uh some real estate um, related questions because you know the homeboys podcast um even though uh, i love that are, name by the way well thank you uh we are we are very faith driven uh but you know we we do talk about real estate investing a lot and i want to end with just a couple of questions um what was the best real estate decision you ever made mm. Man, I did not study these before. I know. I wanted you. I wanted you fresh, <laughs> Mister Snodgrass. I wanted you. I wanted you fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, I think. 
Yeah, I really remember um, starting to hire hire people and scaling the business, and I hired a, a scaling up coach is what is what they called it, and uh, just being able to bounce some ideas off of someone uh, that has ran a business before. Cause I know how to do deals. I know how to do real estate, but when you get to a certain level, you, you hire people, <coughs> fire people, you got to build some processes and systems and, uh, they don't teach you anything. Like I didn't learn that in my elementary education classes. So just to have someone, uh, walk through that hiring a, a coach, I think was probably one of the best decisions that, uh, that I did. And I really took us off in a totally different direction, uh, to build the business. What was the worst real estate decision you ever made? Mm. Man, that's a tough one, especially during this season of of uh, of my life. Uh, I might give you a couple. One of the one of the worst ones, I think, for the first seven years or so. Again, I didn't hire anybody. I kind of did the one man show. Uh, my dad helped me out. We we did a little business together, but I never really hired. I just did everything, every job, cleaned out the houses, bought the houses, sold the houses. Um, marketed the houses, was the agent, everything. And I, I think I, I wouldn't do that again. I would have probably hired people, uh, especially for the things I didn't enjoy doing. Um, that was one of the the worst decisions I ever made. And the one that probably today that I'm probably, um, it, it's kind of a mixture of one of the, the best and one of the worst. So if you guys know my story a little bit, 40 years ago, uh, I moved to Fort Wayne, Indiana and our business is in Indianapolis. And, uh, I, I promoted one of our guys, Brian to the CEO. I t- completely took my hands off. He ran the whole business for about three years and I completely took my hands off and I was sitting in the owner's box. And that was a, a great decision, a great time of my life. Um, and I would do that again. Here's what I wouldn't do again is I completely took my hands off. Um, and I think I, I wasn't involved at all. I had no idea what was going on, uh, for, for a lot of it. Uh, and I, I wouldn't do that again. I would have at least, you know, sat in and make sure I, I knew, uh, what was going on a little bit more. Cause when I step back in, um, I was, I was out of shape. I mean, I was out of business shape. I was out of real estate shape and I did, I was not sharp, I think. And it goes back to iron sharpens iron. Like, I was, I was not sharp because I wasn't doing it. Uh, so I would just remain, remain learning, remain it, uh, somewhat in the game to stay sharp. So, and this doesn't have, finally, this doesn't have to be real estate related, but what advice would you give to the next generation? Mm. Um, I would say one of our core values in our real estate business is, uh, is really just, just hard work. And I think we even talked about this before the show is that I think that especially the next generation, they have a false sense that they can make it, that they can be successful, that they can uh, be famous, be a TikTok guru, social media, whatever influencer, um, without a lot of work, uh, that maybe they'll create a video, maybe it'll go viral and they've, and they've made it. Uh, and I just want to encourage you that, um, I was talking to a friend the other day and they were talking about starting doing a course of somewhat, uh, or, or should they do a course? Should they do a real estate flipping business? They also have another job and they got a family. And here is my advice. I said, whatever you do is going to be hard. <laughs> like, there's no way around it. Whatever you do takes 
a lot of work. It takes more work than what you think. Um, so I think that if you can wrap your mind around that and whatever you choose, starting something and, and, and building something is a lot of work. Building a successful YouTube channel, it is a tremendous amount of work. Being a social media influencer, tremendous amount of work. Flipping houses, it, it is all a lot of work. So I think the more you can understand that, uh, the better off you're going to be. There's no easy path to success. Um, there's ups and downs and sometimes things get easier if you get traction in certain areas and, and, and you're humming along, but just as soon as you're humming, things shift. And now you're like, Oh my gosh, I forgot how hard this is. <laughs> and so that was my advice, uh, not to be a Debbie downer, but whatever you do is going to be hard. It's just choose your heart. I think I stole that from somebody. But uh, I forget who it was. We've stole that. We <laughs> we stole that from somebody. We actually did. Yeah, yeah. A, we did a short form uh, <laughs> content on choose your heart. So yeah. you know, and we, so we're stealing it together. We got a lot in common. Go. Well, I I gotta I gotta admit, you know, I, I before we uh, before we got on the show here today, you know, I kind of had uh, kind of had a bad day, and I mm. kind of just knew that somehow having you on the show, I was going to leave this studio in a lot better mood. Than, than, than coming into it. And that is the truth. And I just want to, um, I want to say thank you for, for all that you're doing, uh, for the kingdom. You know, we, we share some similar interest in some of the ministries that, uh, that we've been involved in. Um, and I just want to encourage you like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm really, um, inspired by your story and the things that, uh, that you do to help other people and your, uh, your retreats, um, your iron deep retreats and then this book also so i want to encourage everybody to get out and you know buy the secret war within i'm stoked about it um and again man i'm just i'm just really proud to call you friend and i appreciate your time with me today thanks clint it's always a pleasure man thank you you inspire me too buddy all right thanks brother thank you for listening to this podcast with our friend brett snodgrass the homeboys love talking about real estate investing but there is much more to life than just real estate investing. Mr. Snodgrass, a very successful real estate investor in his own right, but there's much more to his story than just real estate investing. He is truly trying to grow God's kingdom by reaching other business owners and other people to follow Christ. Very important that you don't lose sight of helping other people. That's what it's all about. It's not just about real estate investing and making money. There's a greater cause out there. Make sure you find yours and go after it.